What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 21 of the Big Fly Pod with your, wait a minute, guest hosts, Kyle May and Ty Lewin. Christian is currently wor uh, working with the kids, giving back to the youth, uh, giving lessons to his players. Um, he seemed, obviously values that more than the podcast, but then he, uh, he also uh, is a lawyer. And uh, yeah, he has some you know obligations at this time. And so I really thought that uh, this is going to be cheesy, but I thought we'd really go to the bullpen here um, and, and come, come in with probably our, our number one uh, setup guy out of the pen, Kyle May. Kyle, thank you so much for joining the Big Fly Pod. Tilu, thanks so much for having me. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but I am pumping about 97 uh, from, the, from the right-hander over here. So happy, happy to be part of the pod, happy to fill in. Tommy John surgery three different times in the last five years. Um, yep. it, 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 just a specimen, as we like to call it. Um, well, Kyle joins us. Kyle made a wonderful guest appearance last week uh, <laughs> during our World Series uh, picks since 96 and doing a little bit of March Madness breakdown. Uh, Kyle had a lot to say, and we only gave him, unfortunately, uh, about <laughs> three minutes for him to give his uh, winner. And uh, it, it turned out to be a lot of fun. And a lot of people were uh, messaging me about it and saying, um, you know, how cool Kyle is. So we thought, you know what, if Christian can't join the pod tonight, nobody wants to hear my voice for 40 minutes. So why don't we bring in the, you know, the closer. So um, Kyle and I are co we're college teammates, college roommates, um, and uh, know each other very, very well. And Kyle has, uh, is a uh, big time Chicago sports fan, just like myself, unfortunately, does root for the South side, but uh, we'll let it go for this podcast. Uh, Cause Kyle, we're going to get into the AL central a little bit. We're going to break it down a little bit, get into it, talk about the teams, talk about what uh, what's going on here in 2023 and how the white Sox are somehow some way going to win this uh, wonderful division. So um, Kyle, let's get right into it, dude. Let's go ahead and just break down all the teams. We're going to go one by one uh, starting with your uh, premier Chicago white Sox, uh, the white Sox, <clears throat> Last year, a disappointing season, as you could probably agree. But if I'm looking at this lineup this year, it's looking, uh, if it stays healthy, is looking solid as as uh, any other team here in this division. Uh, projected lineup per Roto Champ is saying Tim Anderson at short, Luis Robert, of course, in center, Andrew Benatendi coming over this offseason in left. Eloy Jimenez, thankfully, is the DH now and won't be injured on fly balls. Jan Mancada, uh, manning the third base position, Andrew Vaughn over at first. Yasmani Grandal uh, on the backstop. Oscar Colas, they're projecting to be the right fielder. I know you'll have some thoughts there. And then bringing back um, what really kind of turned around their second half, El Elvis Andrews over at second base. Starting rotation-wise, Dylan Cease, a AL Cy Young contender last year, had an amazing season. Lance Lynn, down year last year, but really showed out here in the WBC. Excited to see what he can do. Lucas Giolito needs a bounce back year as well. Mike Clevenger coming in after sort of a iffy offseason and their premier you know, setup guy, uh, could be long reliever, but going to be their fifth guy is Michael Kopech. Let's get, it, let's get into it, dude. I mean... Your thoughts about this team this year? What do they need to do to win this division? And, uh, you know, who really needs to step up? Yeah, so you mentioned the intro there, Ty. Uh, biggest thing for the squad is staying healthy. Um, mm -hmm. The core guys that they have, they came up through the system with, I, I don't know this number in front of me. I want to say there's only a handful of games where all of them were in the same lineup together, maybe like 20 games or something. And the core guys I'm talking about, Anderson, Moncada, um, Jimenez, Robert, 
those are kind of the core guys that came up through the system. Those guys need to stay healthy for a full 162 for them to have success. Um, you know, we saw their struggles last year. A lot of those guys were injured for different chunks of time, um, which which really hurt their hurt their chances in the AL Central there. So staying healthy is the biggest thing. But as you said as well, you know, they can they can go toe to toe with anybody in the AL Central, let alone the American League when they're healthy. So, um, yeah, biggest thing is staying healthy for sure. I mean, Luis Robert, well, I mean, every single year people have said he's an underrated pick to win the AL MVP. I mean, he yeah. is 100 percent a stud. Um, you know, did, did okay in the WBC, but the WBC is kind of like, you're either hot or you're not type of thing. So, um, and then Mancada got injured, but I'm hearing that he's probably going to be back in time. I don't know what happened there. Thankfully, Um, I I damn near had a heart attack when I was watching the WBC (laughs) game, but, uh, but, uh, no reports are saying that it's minor injury. So he should be good to go for opening day, hopefully. So, yeah. And then what about this Oscar Colas guy? I mean, What's his whole yeah. deal? I mean, are we seeing him as the primary right fielder this year, or are there going to be some other options? Yeah, kind of interesting out there. He really came out of the scene uh, last year in AAA. Um, he started the year in AA, then made that jump to AAA. Um, had something like 25 homers, 80 RBIs, something like that. So just an unreal amount of power. Um, very unproven, though. Hasn't played in the big leagues yet, so we'll see. Thought maybe they're going to do something in the offseason to maybe bring in a big bat to fill, fill in the hole out there, but they didn't do that. So they're obviously relying on this young kid to uh, get the job done. So we'll see how that goes and how that votes for them here early, early on. Cause I'm, I'm thinking he's going to make the opening day roster. So we're going to find out pretty quick. Wow. Yeah. Uh, opening day rosters will be announced. I believe it's either next Monday or Tuesday. So uh, excited to see what happens there. And then on the rotation side, man, I mean, you got, I mean, legitimately, if you look at this team, if you take not last year, but the previous season and you take Cease's season last year, you legitimately have a top five rotation in all of baseball just this past year. It just felt as if like Lance Lynn didn't have maybe that like little like swagger and a little bit of grit that or that a lot of grit uh, that he's previously had. And then Giolito, I don't know what the hell happened to him. Um, yeah. but I mean, what do you what are you seeing from this rotation? I mean, do you see like Clevenger stepping up and being that, you know, fourth guy form? Are we going to see issues there? Like just overall, what are you seeing there, dude? hundred percent. Um, yeah, I think Lance Lynn started off the knee issue last year. So that kind of set him back from the beginning. Um, I expect him to bounce back here. I expect Gilito to bounce back. I don't know what happened last year, you know, but his numbers before that were pretty good. So I expect him to bounce back a little bit, um, here this year. So those guys are solid. Dylan sees, hopefully he can build off of last year. Obviously, as you said, he had a breakout season. Kopech, same thing. He was a little banged up last year. So hopefully he can bounce back. Um, he, he actually had good numbers last year, but he was, he was out for a, a little bit of time. Um, getting a Clevenger, really, really interesting. That was kind of a uh, roller coaster after they signed him, and that whole thing is, bit. yeah, that was a uh, definitely something. But as far as his work on the mound goes, you know, he's going to eat innings. That's what he's going to be there for. Not going to light up the, you know, stat sheet. Probably not going to have a low, super low ERA like some of those other guys that are in there. Um, but hopefully, he can eat innings, kind of hold his own there in that fourth or fifth spot of the rotation. So. Like I said, I like it too. I like it too. Um, biggest thing is just staying healthy because there's not a lot of depth there, which kind of scares me. Um, but you know, hopefully they can each hold their own and each stay stay on the mound and go out there every fifth day. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what what's getting them through potentially this whole situation is that the division isn't as strong as. I mean, it's a little bit stronger than it was last year with, uh, you know, some guys coming over back to the Twins, you know, them getting a little bit healthier and the Guardians grabbing a couple guys. But I mean, re- legitimately, I mean, this team could easily win the division and they were on path on path last year to win it. 
Um, and then everything kind of just went south. So we'll see what they do there. Great breakdown, dude. I'm looking at top prospects right now. Colson Montgomery probably won't see this year. Obviously Oscar Colas is their number two prospect. Um, but looking just at some other guys that see a projected, uh, 2023 ETA, Sean Burke, a right-hander, uh, currently in the triple a, and then Jose Rodriguez, a second baseman shortstop in double a currently as well. I mean, there are some dudes in this system that, uh, Definitely, obviously, everyone's really excited about. All right, let's go to your favorite team, the Guardians. Uh, the Guardians won the AL, AL Central Division last year, um, sort of taking it away there towards the end. Uh, sort of a different type of ball club compared to some other teams that have definitely had success over the last couple of years uh, and where baseball has gone. Now, with the shift gone um, and, you know, uh, pitch all these different things, right? This can completely change some of these teams. I'm thinking this team's still going to play pretty well. Looking at their projected lineup, uh, Stephen Kwan, of course, uh, in center, Ahmed Rosario at short. He had a great year last year. Jose Ramirez, obviously one of the most uh, best baseball players in all of the MLB over at third. Uh, Josh Bell uh, picked up this free agency, manning uh, the DH position or first base. And then Josh Naylor, of course, manning first base, we're going to be DH. Uh, Andres Jimenez over at second base, Oscar Gonzalez in right, Mike Zanino uh, on the backstop, and then Miles My- Straw in the outfield as well. Starting rotation-wise, uh, incredibly solid, of course, with Shane Bieber uh, manning the top of that rotation with Tristan McKenzie in the two-spot, Cal Quantrill who had his struggles here in the WBC, but probably not going to look too much into it uh, as, you know, one of the highest strike throwing pitchers in all of baseball last year, Cal Quantrill, Aaron Savale uh, in the fourth spot and Zach Plesak in the fifth spot. All right. I'm going to ask you a question here. How yeah. do the white, how do the white Sox beat the Indians this year to win the division in reference to like their matchups? Let's talk about their like specific matchups. Like how do they beat this team? based on what both these rosters look like. Yeah. I mean, you kind of mentioned, mentioned it earlier. The guardians play like a different style of ball, right? Like they steal bases, uh, they bunt, they take the extra 90, whenever the white Sox need to do more of that this year in order to kind of overtake them this year. Um, they need to kind of play more of their type of ball. They didn't do that last year. They tried to beat them by hitting the ball to the ballpark and um, with their power. And that obviously did not happen. So they need to take more bases. They need to be more aggressive on the base paths. Um, just play more fundamentally sound. You know, the Guardians are always, always, always are fundamentally sound, especially under Terry Francona. So just doing the good things, the little things on defense, the little things on offense, um, to score some more runs across. That's the biggest thing, honestly, in Love my that. opinion. Love that breakdown, dude. Yeah, I mean, you got Oscar Gonzalez, who came out on the scene during the playoffs last year with his big home run um, in the opening round of uh, the AL playoffs. And then, you know, you got guys like Andres Jimenez, Steven Kwan, um, even Ahmed Rosario that are just contact guys that are looking to just get on base uh, at a prolific rate. I mean, you're looking at this, like looking at this starting lineup, it looks like out of all of, besides Mike Zanino, everybody had over a 300 OBP. Um, and then the slugging basically came from, is going to come from Jose Ramirez, uh, Josh Bell, and then probably, you know, Oscar Gonzalez, but really, I mean, the rest of the lineup is definitely looking to get on base a lot of the time. So again, the starting rotation is sick. Um, I'm wondering if Tristan McKenzie is going to become the number one this year. Um, I yeah. think that he is so disgusting and he's got, you know, last year he had 187 Ks. Uh, Bieber had 202. Obviously he's going to have a great year, but McKenzie might come onto the scene and be that guy. I'm interested to see what Cal Quantrill is because 
when I saw him in the WBC, he looked a little bit different than what I saw last year. Um, when he faced the Sox, how did he do against the Sox last year? Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I hope, I hope it's not because I, I do feel for you guys and not really, but I would like to at least see the Sox, uh, come through that division. But again, this team looks absolutely stout. If I'm looking at their top prospects, it's crazy because it looks like they're right now per MLB.com, their top six prospects are all projected to get up here to the MLB this year. Um, Daniel Espinino, Gavin Williams, George Valera, Bo Naylor, Josh Naylor's brother, Tanner Beebe, uh, and then Brian Rochio. So that'll be interesting to see is that do a lot of these guys now get up with this team this year as well. Great breakdown, man. Let's move on over to the Twins. The Twins, you know, sketchy year last year. I, I don't know how much to look into it because of all the injuries they had. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm interested to see, though, can this lineup play, especially with a couple additions. Um, of course, Byron Buxton uh, uh, leading off uh, with Carlos Correa in two spot over at short. Max Kepler in the outfield. Jose Miranda, uh, Miranda, excuse me, over at third. Joey Gallo, they're saying, is going to play first base, even though he is an incredible outfielder. So I don't know what that means. Christian Vasquez, of course, including Gallo, both free agent additions uh, behind the backstop. Trevor Larnich in the outfield, Michael Taylor in the outfield, and then Nick Gordon, uh, a former top prospect, uh, manning second base for them. Starting rotation-wise, they got Pablo Lopez after training Arias uh, to the Marlins and getting Lopez back. So he's going to be at the top of the rotation now. Sonny Gray in the two-spot, Joe Ryan three, Tyler Malley uh, in the four-spot, and then Kenta Maeda in the five-spot. I don't really see how this team is going to have a chance to win this division. Am I wrong? Uh, you're correct. Um, so the biggest question for the Twins, always the last couple of years, is is their pitching going to play? Um, their bullpen specifically has been atrocious the last couple of years. Starting rotation, same thing, not that great. Um, pretty good lineup. I mean, they got guys to go hit the ball, especially when you have Buxton, who is healthy in there, and you have Correa as well, who is healthy in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so pitching yeah, is the biggest thing for them. Yeah. Well, because like obviously they got Duran in their bullpen, mm-hmm. but I mean, what else do you have there? I mean, I, I don't have it in front of me. I, I'd be interested to know, like, what what are they bringing up at this point that's gonna, you know, give them that. Let's see what they got here, because if I'm because if I'm looking at this division, it's gonna come down to bullpens, like it it, it a lot of the times because these teams are not gonna score heavy amounts of runs. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Let's see here. So the Twins' pro- top prospects right now: um, Brooks Lee, Royce Lewis two guys that can obviously make a huge impact. Um, let's see here. Eduardo Julian, uh, Eduard Julian, um, basically kind of the names that I'm seeing. I'm, I'm really bad with these names, Kyle. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is not my job. So I don't know, man. I mean, I, I don't know what you do now with like Brooks Lee and Royce Lewis. They're both shortstops. Um, and now Cray is on a six-year deal. I don't know what you do with those two guys. I don't know if you move them over to, third potentially and I, I mean what do you do with those guys you thinking yeah it'll be interesting i mean obviously health would play a big role korea's health would be you know kind of dictate where that slide one of those guys over to second maybe especially with araya is now going to miami he's not in the lineup okay. anymore yeah um could possibly slide him in there too so i, I don't know it'll, it'll be interesting to see yeah because sure. I, I think they're going to move cray over to third here in the next couple of years yeah i would agree i would see that especially as, as he gets older yeah yeah royce lewis is sick too um all right we got two teams left, Kyle. You're doing great, man. You're doing great. You've done this before. Hey. Um, Kansas City nope. Royals. 
Uh, um, yeah, I mean, Bobby Witt uh, at top of the lineup. Uh, and then from there, I mean, it's all kind of like, we'll see what happens. Uh, MJ Melendez, DH, Salvador Perez uh, for the backstop, Vinny Pasquantino. Uh, wonderful uh, videos he put out from the WBC. This guy's a legend. Absolutely. Those were those were awesome. I love watching those. Those were hilarious. Yeah. It was like, yeah. this is perfect. I mean, that was another part of the WBC that was just amazing. Um, but he's at first, Hunter Dozier over at third base. Kyle Isbell in the outfield, Edward. Olivares, oh, Jesus Christ, uh, in, in the outfield, Michael Massey at second base, and then Nathan Eaton in the outfield as well. <laughs> Starting rotation-wise, Zach Greinke, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, a man in the top of the rotation, Jordan Lyles, Brady Singer, who is just uh, coming back from pitching for the w, for the U.S. and the WBC, Ryan Yarborough, who they brought over this offseason, and then Brad Keller. Uh, um, I mean, who has who – has, We'll get to the Tigers here in just a sec, but tell me how the Royals stay out of being a bottom five team again in baseball. Uh, every single person you just mentioned having a career year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you kind of put the you kind of put the uh, writing on the wall there. Not a lot of big names in this lineup. Um, not a lot of talent overall. A couple of young guys who have some promise, um, but definitely not expected to move the needle very much as far as the AL central goes or the playoff race goes. Yeah. Yeah. There's not much to get into here. I mean, with their, um, with specifically looking at their, uh, farm system, I mean, Gavin cross is projected number one, uh, in their farm system. He's not, he's not even being seen probably. And then they'll be till 2025, 2026. Ben, uh, cutting. <laughs> Stay on <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm bringing the bringing the relief. Uh, ben <laughs> Kudrina, uh, he's their two second prospect. I mean, it's just disappointing. I, I, I really, it's sad watching the Royals uh, after what they did there in 20, you know, 15 and a couple of years before that with that just amazing team. Um, Kansas City is a great, obviously a great sports town. So I, I'm really hoping that they can kind of turn it around here. Um, all right, let's go on to what could be one of the most interesting storylines in the entire baseball season is what the Tigers do because the Tigers of course um, have some of the top prospects in all of baseball um, when it comes to in their lineup right now uh, with guys that are projected to be, you know, prolific ball players for years to come. But unfortunately just things did not look good last year. Um, and a lot of people can't figure out why looking at the lineup, uh, a kill bad, Badu, Badu. Um, <laughs> Badu, I think it's Badu. Badu, thank you. At the top of the lineup, uh, in the outfield, Javier Baez, uh, over at short. Uh, we'll see. Riley Green in the outfield, of course, top prospect for them. Austin Meadows, who got brought over last year, uh, needs to turn around this off, uh, turn around this season. Spencer Torkelson, of course, a part of that major storyline and seeing if he can have an amazing season here this year after. A really tough year last year. Uh, Kerry Carpenter uh, at, at the DH spot. Jonathan Scope uh, at second base. Nick Matten at third. And then Jake Rogers manning the backstop. Rotation-wise, Eduardo Rodriguez, who came over, of course, last uh, offseason. Matt Boyd in the two spot. Michael Lorenzen coming over this offseason in the third spot. Matt Manning. And then Spencer Turnbill, an intriguing uh, pitcher for them. I mean, dude, this team, I seriously – mean this is that I feel like they're either going to be third or they're going to be fifth in the division. I think that they can somehow overtake the twins, but they can also have 
a horrible season. And then this entire poor sports town is looking towards the lions being their only hope this year. I mean, dude, I, what, what do you think here? I mean, what, what do you, what has to happen for this team? Cause it's just, it was really, it was really sad to watch last year. Yeah. Really interesting. You know, last year before the season started, I thought the Tigers are going to be like right there in the AL central race, like at the top, right. With like the white Sox and the guardians, I thought they're going to be right there. I thought it was going to be the good and, and the twins as well. Um, just did not work out. Like you said, a lot of those top prospects just did not perform well. Javi Baez had an atrocious season at the dish. Um, so you're just looking for bounce back seasons for those guys. They have a lot of young guys with a lot of promise. They just need bounce back seasons collectively as a whole um, to really to really uh, bank on for having a good good season this year. Yeah, dude. I mean, a lot of these guys, their top, their top two prospects, uh, Jackson Job and then Jace Jung, who was at Texas Tech. Uh, just an unbelievable hitter, unfortunately, you know, kind of like with the Royals where you just don't have guys coming up here uh, for a few years until 2020, 2025, 2026. I mean, I look at, look at that lineup and I go, if literally if Torkelson and Riley green have good years, this team is third in the division because you just have like Javier Baez. Obviously I experienced it. It's totally based on the fact of how the team's doing. And if the team's hot, it's he's hot but he is just not a guy that they can rely on. And I'm kind of sad to see him in the two spot. I'd like to almost see him move down in the lineup and like bring up Riley green to the two spot or Austin Meadows or even Torkelson, where you're giving him more at bats and trying to get him going. Um, Baez, I mean, while he's just obviously a defensive, you know, mastermind, the guy had a 246 average 290 OPP and a 417 slugging he had a 707 OPS. So, I mean, hopefully this team is just one of those things where it's just a year that everyone's going to want to forget. Uh, and they're going to figure it out. Cause I feel like they can get some big time free agents here in the next coming years. But I mean, it's all going to be dependent upon the fact of Torkelson and green. I mean, they're, they're nasty, but I don't know, dude. I mean, this is, it's going to be tough. So I, I do, I do. Sorry. I do agree with your assessment that they can overtake the twins easily. Um, yes. Definitely. They could overtake that three spot easily. Finally, you agree with me on something. Um, okay. <laughs> all right. So if I'm looking at this division, who is your, Let's let's do this. Let's do two things. Let's do your projected winner, and then who is your uh, surprise winner of the division that maybe nobody saw coming? So you want my winner first? I want your winner first, but then I want your out of nowhere prediction based on these lineups and these rosters. Give it to me. Sure. Uh, okay. So winning, I have the Guardians repeating as champions. Um, pains me to say as a White Sox fan. I just think the Guardians have too much starting rotation-wise and too much in the bullpen at the back end there to uh, to give up that title. So I think they're going to repeat as champions. Surprise champion out of nowhere, a team that nobody saw coming. A team we just talked about, the Detroit Tigers. We just said they have a lot of talent. So if those guys can all ball out and surprise everybody and kind of come out of nowhere, they have the talent to compete with anybody in that division. So that'd be my sleeper pick. Love it, dude. I am, I am going to agree with you on the Indian or the guardians. Sorry. Offensive. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just, there's a, there's something in me with the white Sox that if they stay healthy, man, like that, that is such a good lineup. I know losing a Brayu sucks. Like that was just such a huge loss for y'all, but I feel as if that that team has now put Eloy in his actual position. He needs to be in, he can stay healthy. You got Ben attendee who is just such a veteran hitter. Um, and then if Luis Robert has just a unbelievable year, it's kind of like same kind of situation with the Tigers, not as much because obviously better rotation wise with the White Sox. But, dude, I mean, if they can just 
get it going. I mean, the guardians are, they're going to, they're going to, they're not going to win as many games just because it's just obviously the, their style of baseball is not going to play as, as much as uh, what some of these other teams can give. But I think within the division, it's just going to be a hell of a race. So we got our winners there from our luxurious uh, guest co-host Kyle may now let's talk WBC dude. I mean, one of the best tournaments I've ever, ever seen, ever witnessed. Um, thank God for social media. Also, too, because this is not as big of a thing as it is now. Uh, we saw stats, out, outlandish stats from fan, uh, from uh, viewership on television to, you know, stats about Mike Trout, where he's only had like 24 bats his entire career, where he's swung and missed on three pitches. Um, you know, Japan had like 70 or 96% of their households watching the Japan, uh, Japan, Japan versus Mexico game at like three, 4 AM. I mean, dude, it was absolutely ridiculous. I do have one thing to say though, that I'm a little kind of pissed off about, but I'm hoping that this will change everything for the U S the pitchers that they had for the championship game, Merrill Kelly, Aaron loop, Kyle Freeland, David Bednar, solid arm. Um, and then I can't remember the last one. And then Japan goes out there and throws five or six dudes that are 96, 97, 98 with splitters, you know, unbelievable curveballs, whatever the hell they were throwing. And so that's my only thing, dude, is like, if, if this actually wants to truly be the biggest thing in the world, like one MLB team shouldn't get so involved with it because it obviously held Rosa in a very, very difficult position. I mean, your overall thoughts, man, things you maybe want to see like different next time, but just your overall take on the WBC. Yeah. Tournament was freaking awesome. I mean, overall, like what an atmosphere to play, especially right before the start of the season to get those guys in that environment, like three weeks before the regular season starts. Just awesome. If you're a fan of a team, you want every single one of your players to be playing in that tournament to get ready for the regular season. Um, you know, that's just my personal opinion, but just playing in that environment has to give you some sort of advantage going into, you know, opening day coming up here in a week. Um, so I thought that was awesome. I do agree with you on the pitching pitching aspect of that. As you talked about, the U.S. pitchers didn't throw their best guys out there in the championship game, obviously. Um, one tweak that I would make, play it in a different time of the year. Play it. Play it in like November or December after the season. Granted, you got guys who are worn out from the season, but you don't have guys who are leading into the season. I think you'd have less restrictions from MLB yeah. teams um, based on, you know, who they want playing and where and when and that sort of thing versus when it's in March now, you're entering for the season. So MLB teams want their guys healthy and rightfully so that's understandable, right? Yeah. So I, my one thing I would do is move it to a different time of year. That's just my thing, my opinion, agree, disagree. What do you think? I, what do you think about that, dude? I actually really like that take because uh, so if you obviously with the MLB, their biggest thing is is that they care about profits, right? That's all they. Yep. It's a business. At the end of the day, it's a bunch of BS when they say we care about the players. It's not the case because you guys care more about you know things like taking away you know obviously or new rules with baseball and certain things like they're looking at it as how can we get more people to view baseball? How can we get more money? How can we get more? Um, TV rights, TV deals, all these different things. And they're like, okay, the biggest thing we need to do is slow down or, or speed up the game a little bit. My whole thing is, is that you have a tournament that had one game in particular had six times the viewership of game seven or game six of the previous world series. Like that is a major thing. And I know that of course you have 
um, where you have countries involved. But if you're looking at this as how can baseball really take off? I think the WBC was sort of by accident, in my personal opinion, because if Trout doesn't recruit the guys that he recruits and they don't get Trout, they don't have anything for this tournament. I mean, they have you have Japan, you have the DR, you have Puerto Rico, but the U.S., unfortunately, you know, last time they threw out a lineup that wasn't the prolific baseball players of of um, of the MLB. They had a lot of guys that were kind of like what the pitching rotation was this year. So I agree with you. If you throw it at a different time of the year, you get guys on less restrictions. And then the beautiful part is, is that obviously there's uh, how many teams get in the playoffs? What is it like 10? So you have still potentially multiple, a number of teams that of course are guys that are done. So then you're not having to worry about injuries. You're not having to worry about anything. Um, and then guys that are done playing in the postseason, you know, you still have a little time. You're only worried about two teams at that point that are legitimately going to be gassed. The guys that obviously play in the world series, but I mean, dude, like Clayton Kershaw was supposed to be on the squad. Nestor Cortez was supposed to be on the squad. I mean, you have multiple players out there. I, I'm hoping that, Verlander and Scherzer when now like in 2026 hopefully they're still around but hopefully it's kind of like I want to go out for my last hurrah kind of like Adam Wainwright a little bit so I couldn't agree with you more dude that would be so sweet I mean what that did for everything from from baseball standpoint I truly believe that MLB did not anticipate what that was going to do probably for all of baseball um, I just hope now that, you know, these teams are, you know, we, we have a competitive baseball season, of course, and, um, that we just have, a, a, you know, as much viewership as we, you know, hopefully we can have, we got about 10 minutes here. So, um, yeah, dude, fantastic breakdown there. Obviously congrats to Japan. Um, hard, to, hard to hate that squad. Um, a couple guys on there, of course, that are going to be here in 2025, 2026, uh, that are going to be top baseball players in the MLB as well. Um, all right. So, because you're our 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 guest, uh, we want to honor what you're what you requested, um, yes. which is making your project, uh, projections uh, for this upcoming year. Um, I think, as you know, we have you know thousands and thousands of listeners uh, that are really <laughs> hear about <laughs> your your uh, your your answers here. But let's do this. I'm gonna say uh, AL MVP. NL MVP, okay, uh, rookie of the year, and your uh, World Series matchup plus winner. Okay, go ahead, my friend. You have it's the floor is yours for eight minutes and fifty seven seconds. Okay, gonna have to give me those categories again. So you said AL MVP first, right? AL MVP, NL MVP, rookie of the year for AL and NL, and then of course um, World Series matchup plus winner. Okay, AL MVP. Give me uh, Vladdy Jr. I think he's due for a breakout season. Um, I think he's going to absolutely mash baseballs. I think he's going to lead the league in homers. I think he's going to overtake Aaron Judge. And if he's going to be an absolute dog in the middle of that lineup, and he's going to stay healthy for a full 162 for the Toronto Blue Jays. Bingo. NL MVP. I am going to go with Juan Soto. Um, again, I think he's. <clears throat> I think he's going to mash the ball. I think he's going to be a stud in right field for the Padres. Not a big injury history there, so I think he's going to stay healthy, and I think he's just going to be an absolute stud in the middle of that lineup. Um, sorry, you're going to have to give me the next category. Hey. <laughs> I agree with you on Soto. I think he's now now that he's settled in, I think he's going to have an unbelievable year. Uh, AL Rookie of the Year. 
This is going to be a hometown pick here. I'm going to go with Oscar Colas, the White Sox. Um, you know, unproven guy, but I think he can really explode under the scene. He's flashed a lot of power in there. So I think he can come onto the scene and really make a make a stand in that lineup. I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's a guy that, um, like Cespedes, you know, when you talk about some of these young talent within this organization, dude, I mean – you're starting to get some players now that, um, you know, because Colas was a international pick, right? He was Correct. Uh, yep. DR or Venezuela, or do you know by chance? Uh, I want to say DR. Don't quote DR. me. Either, okay. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, and then your uh, one of your biggest picks in the night, your NL Rookie of the Year. NL Rookie of the Year. Give me Cody 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 Senga from the Mets. I'm not sure. Oh, love it. Not sure. Not sure if we're pronouncing his name right, but the guy just has nasty. Okay, the guy just has nasty shit um, coming over from (laughs) coming over from Japan. I think he's going to absolutely ball. Um, I think he's going to be really solid in the middle of that Mets rotation. So give me him for National League Rookie of the Year. Fantastic, dude. All right, World Series matchup. World Series matchup. American League. Toronto Blue Jays will wow. make it to the World Series. Wow. Hot take. Hot Jose take. Bri- Jose Brias, uh, NL Cyan, or AL Cyan. Uh, okay. And then who do you got from the NL? From the NL, the San Diego Padres. I started writing it down even before you said it. All yeah. right. Uh, and then uh, I'm going to guess I'm gonna guess you're going to say Padres. You're correct. How many games? Oh, Um. I think Alec Manoa wins the first for the Blue Jays. I think that he comes out because he's got that dog. He's got that dog in him. Uh, X-rays came back. X-rays came back the other day. Um, <laughs> the the thing that's just going to kill them though is that Gosman has to be on with his uh, with his you know two 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 pitch arsenal, right? Um, yeah. So I mean, he's going to have to be a dog. Uh, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go Padres and six. I'm going to go Padres and six. What about yourself? Yep. Rub my mind, Ty. I'm also going Padres and six. Wow. Padres and six. Oh, should do a podcast. Um, okay, cool. It's not, well, it's almost like it's almost like we live together or something, huh? Yeah. Like, I, 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 think you, I think I flipped double place to you a couple of times. Um, <laughs> right on, dude. Well, that is, I mean, what a episode. What an opportunity. I mean, out here taking, you know, taking these moments, just trying to be present, not looking, trying to look towards the future too much, just staying in the moment. Uh, Kyle May off the charts. Thank you so much for doing this with me, dude. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, obviously Christian doesn't care about the podcast enough, so we definitely need to find some uh, replacements at this time. So um, that's where we're at, but appreciate it, dude. I mean, anything else you want to add here? I mean, I- Again, thousands of listeners. I mean, anything else you want to say to the crew here for how many people are probably going to be tuning in if they see your name on Twitter? Ty, nothing else I want to say. I want to hear what your World Series prediction is, though. So you heard mine. I want to hear what yours is. Wow, love that. Okay, so from the AL, I am... (laughs) I'm going to be that guy. I think the Astros make it back. And I also have the Padres coming back. And so before, right after the World Series last year, I predicted the Padres to win this whole thing and for, for this upcoming year. And once they got Bogarts, that made it just a, that solidified 
everything right there for me. So I still have the Padres winning it, but I think the Padres are going to win in seven. I think the Strohs, I mean, with, with them adding, with them having to lose Verlander, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised by Hunter Brown and how good he's going to be for that rotation. Um, and I think Christian Javier, while a lot of people, um, you know, s- last year saw him as a long reliever, of course, obviously turned into this magnificent, p- magnificent starter towards the end of the year with that no hitter he had uh, in the world series. I actually pre- uh, projected him, you know, through a couple of my buddies just saying, you know, I think he's going to win the AL Cy Young because I think this guy is just an absolute dog. Um, so I see the uh, Astros getting back, but I think that they're not going to have that flair as much as they had as the Padres will, because I think the Padres are just going to come humming. I think they have such a solid rotation, uh, but I think it's going to go seven games. And I think it's going to be another wild world series like they had last year with the Phillies. So that's my projection, Kyle. That's what I got. That's what I like I got, it, man. I, I agree with you. The Astros are definitely going to be, you know, top team, one of the top teams in the AL again, just year after year after year. seems incredible that they're still there every year, but you know, they're going to be up there for sure. It sucks, but it is the case. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Appreciate it, of course. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have Kyle again here uh, in, on in the future. Um, I'm going to send him a contract tonight and see if he wants to sign for a couple year deal. Um, and we'll uh, obviously try to keep it below the salary cap. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. Appreciate you, dude. Yep. See you later, Ty.